the lab report. Oh, Left my home back in Omaha See if I can make it out in the world And I got as far as Wichita But suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out for more What that means is, welcome to member part number 65, no, no. January 17th, 2007. We haven't even tested. Welcome into our Ma. basketball arena. Ma. Sing along with us at home. Edgard from Los Angeles. <laughs> Number three, Ross. Ross. Go, 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 Ed Center, also um. from Brandeis. Number five, Greg Wilson. And at shooting guard, with a 75% three-point shooting ratio, give it off for the Albuquerque Assassin Story Clayton. All right. That's good. No good. So no, welcome, no welcome everybody to um, the Map Report number 65, and uh, we want to welcome everyone in. We're in a good mood tonight, as you can tell. Um, and how, uh, how are things in 2008? Yeah. What's what's life like out there? It, <laughs> Is, uh, are things cool? You I know. should tell us because I'm sure we're, that's about when you're listening. We, we with recognize our technical show delay. Issues. Well, the, the truth is that yeah. everybody out there is still at this point is getting a show a week. They just don't realize that it's actually about three weeks behind <laughs> in terms of the shows that we're releasing. So we're becoming less timely than before, uh, which is which is an issue. I do think they're wondering why we're talking about the Civil War as a current upcoming event. However, hey man, that's going to be I a big deal eventually. You know, I Still like what Lincoln's doing. Civil War would you be referring tired. to? Yeah, well, <laughs> there's lots of options. Touche. I mean, we make enough of rock jokes every week that people are going to be like, what, we, we pulled out like three weeks ago. What's, <laughs> I know, what's going exactly. on? This is, at least in my furtive, hopeful imaginations that probably have no bearing on reality. But I was going to hey, say. It's nice to think so. I was going to say that's nice. true. So we, wanna, that. we do want to thank everybody for listening, though, and uh, whether whatever time period this actually is that you're listening in, and uh want to greet everyone out in there the and uh, say hi. 2000. I vote for right. Upper Etruscan. That's my time period. <laughs> Upper Etruscan. <laughs> I know, it's one of those particular yeah. errors. You can tell by the eyebrows, the, the relief on the eyebrows in the, in the carving of Russ. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Weird. weird. Etruscans are only known for like also his cave paintings, art, right? Or like base relief. Am I am I wrong? Some art history major come and tell me what's up with this stuff. I was just gonna Somehow say, well, I'll draw upon my to... 
extensive art history. We're have to, right, exactly. Take your word for it. I'm the Etruscan <laughs> historical <laughs> art. Well, that depends. Eastern Northern Etruscan or Western Northern Etruscan? Let's let's exactly. find out. Exactly. My knowledge extends to knowing the term and using it half properly. <laughs> At random times, right? Exactly. Oh not, gosh! Not messing up about, the uh, pronunciation. About a third too of the much. words in my vocabulary are about that same level of usage. Oh really? <laughs> Just based upon the assumption. That's true. That, which is very strong in a comedian, I think, to have to have mm-hmm. nothing but a lexicon of words that nobody else really understands, and you don't fully understand, but you've got just enough more confidence to use it than the people around you to no make question. it effective. Well, this it's is, about confidence. Insight into. It's about, it's about the sell. Yeah, the sale, you know. If you could just be like, look, Zingbat means, you know, a little widget that you put to uh, put on a bottle to keep the soda soda pop fresh. You know, that's that's you got to be confident in that definition. That's all. You're just king of the Zingbat. Well, yeah, nobody, wa- nobody wants Cliff Clavin, right? Like, Cliff Clavin, not entertaining, not humorous. If so, in spite of himself. Well, right, that's, that's the That's explanatory thing. If you can't explain mm-hmm. it, you know, it's all good. I think I think a lot of my game is actually that too, except it's more it's less with words and more with uh references to things that I've never seen. I'm constantly doing bits <laughs> from things that I've never seen and I have um, no idea where they're from. And like uh, movies or comedy uh, routines. Are like, oh, what, what yeah, kinds of things? I love that. Yeah, all all of the above. Uh like oh. the SNL skit with Star Wars where they're auditioning for Star Wars. I do that all the time, do it at parties, <laughs> do it at shows. Never seen it. Okay. Never seen it. I'm sure it's very funny. I mean, I laughed at other people doing it who had seen it, so I adopted it and do it, and you know, I still haven't seen it. I'm sure it's great. Uh, lots of movies and end quotes, phrases that I, uh, from TV shows and movies that I've never seen. Sometimes never even heard of. Like I used to say the phrase "damn Gina" all the time. I had never even heard of the show that that was from, and yet I say "damn Gina" like in everyday speech you a see? fair amount of time. So I noticed so that great. you did that, and I was like, "Really? Does yeah. Story Love Martin? Is he really a big fan of Martin?" <laughs> no, Martin. no, I hadn't even heard of the show. Damn Gina! <laughs> so I'm doing that all the time, and someday it's going to get me in trouble. Someday I'm going to be, you know, quoting Lenny Riefenstahl, and I'll be like, "I don't know what that's from." You know, uh, they'd be like, People "Oh be well, like, it's a triumph of the will." What's wrong with you? I'll be well, like, oh, I actually think sorry. this is a problem with like I'll the shuffle co- out the back now. I think this is the problem. The problem with you know people who do comedy stuff in general is that you get into these patterns. Um, Clea did a, a comedy show last Friday, and afterwards, this guy who was emceeing sort of invited himself along. We didn't really know why. We later found out it was to hit on Clea's best friend. But anyway, that's not important. What is important oh, is that... I, he, I think it's very important, actually. Well, I mean, you know, that's... That that's, seems that's, like the story should go. that's intriguing. <laughs> right. But, right. So so we came out there, and this is one of those guys for whom the, the stage never ends. You know, he's always just like... He's, he's there. The bell tolls. Right. The, the stage just never, you know. So <laughs> he... So he's sitting there, and we're going along, and we're having our food and whatever. And and every so often he'll just we're talking. We, I don't even remember what we were talking about. We we're talking about something related to like politics or something like that. And he said, "Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing about global warming. I mean, what's the deal with global warming anyway?" I kid you not. He said, "What's the deal?" And he goes to this whole like like routine about In this everyday like, speech. And I was just sort of like, "Okay, the show's over, my friend. The show is over." But it gets worse because then this is where we get back to the thing about the comic sensibility. Because we're going through all this, right? And at one point, we had gotten into this discussion of TV shows. And the problem is that he's at the table with people, all of whom are being funny, and all of whom are much funnier than him. So, you know, he's trying to compensate oh, well, by giving you the... Re- secret? Yes. About MCs? Yeah. There's a reason that they're I was going to say, oh, okay. not <laughs> MC, right? I see, I see. Well, I no, he's also a stand-up... No, he's also stand-up comic who, like, voice. does MCing also, yeah, but he but wasn't really very good. you really made it as an MC. 
Because oh, that A, could be. he was willing to bite the bullet of not being featured so that he could show up and do two minutes of shtick between announcing people. And B, he's just not that good. Not yeah. that good. That really That's is true. Yeah, and he really wasn't that good. You know, like Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest, like, embodies the nature of an MC. I guess he and is an MC. Ryan Seacrest clearly has... No talent whatsoever. And everybody knows that. You I know? guess that's true. But he's not bad looking, and he has a good voice. You know? <laughs> it's a and separate skill. And he can be comforting. I guess it's so. It's not exactly it's totally being a comic, because you basically have to keep people from leaving. That's your job. It's like, wait, don't leave. No, more good things. And here's this joke I thought he, of, and now good things. And yeah, he, guy and that was suck. the way you're describing really, him is actually exactly the way that he was. That's so true. And so we got into this. you have to be able to set the people just well enough. You have to be less significantly less funny than anyone who's coming on because if they true. can't get oh, above like the MC bar, like then they're really terrible. So that you have to be able to be like, you know, the setter in volleyball. You set it up so other people can well, spike it. The problem was like, when he got Well compared to the MC <laughs> this, this really was hilarious. Good, you know? Well the thing is when he got okay, to the, when yeah, he got exactly. there with us, he was sort of doing the same thing, but obviously he had no one to set to but himself because he was trying to, you know, hit on the <laughs> aforementioned best friend of Clea. So he's in the middle of this sure. discussion of and we had gotten this discussion of cartoons somehow and he's and so we had brought up he's like well yeah you know and he was trying to make this claim that he and i were about the same age he's like well you know you and i basically grew up at the same times we remember all the same kind of stuff now it was clear to me that this guy was older than i was but i was just like sure like for example voltron and i start doing some voltron stuff and transformers he had no idea what i was talking about he pulls out okay he pulls out lost in space I'm like, yeah, um, not exactly a contemporary show that I was watching growing up in 85 and 86. Lost in Space would be about 10 to 15 years earlier, Mr. I'm in my mid-40s. Um, you know, he was just, but he's just sort of like, yeah, like, what's the deal with that robot on Lost in Space? Why does he look like a coffee percolator? Anybody? Oh, hey? oh let's try the veal. Yeah, like, if you go for, like, You're like, crazy cat I hung or out with a dude you know? who is older than me. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's the important part, is that he was older than me. <laughs> exactly. No, it was he was trying to play that he was the same age and that we could have like this bond based on our common experience. Older than you? But his common experience didn't work out when he didn't understand he didn't understand Voltron or Transformers, but he certainly knew about Lost in Space. Like if I had whipped out my favorite Martian, he probably would have felt right at home. Would have been like, Leave it to Beaver, another classic from this no, yeah. actually it wasn't. From my um, teenage years. He started talking about light I was like, Well, I certainly know of a light a light bright no light bright he's like what's the deal light, with light bright when i was a Younger kid than light... you, wasn't it yeah well no no not really i mean light it was... Bright was like in the wheelhouse of russ in my age i thought yeah well i mean not. it's been around for a while yeah, definitely. but it's been around for a while but oh. the point is like maybe there's a resurgence of light bright yeah new ad maybe campaign. maybe definitely. we got the yeah we got the second, you got the second got wave retro, maybe they retro they light bright the colored <laughs> pegs somewhere in the late 80s but that's the thing like, like, holy <laughs> shit this makes it much more interesting <laughs> than just the black and crayon than just the light bulb the original prototype was called the original prototype was called dark bark and they could never figure Figure out how to make it work properly. It just doesn't work with the kids. Like, what about it? What if we like, lit it up and call it light bright? Oh, this is great. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, now the great. kids we these just... days don't need light bright. Now they have things yeah. like Nintendo and, and, the and days, you know, they just <laughs> like, gave okay. kids like a radar display, and that's all that they could have, like a little <laughs> right. Exactly. Beep, beep, like, is this a beep, why is this a toy? No, it's beep. radar. It was invented in like the 40s. This is brand new. Exactly. <laughs> it's smaller exactly. than smaller than my Commodore 64. What am I doing with this? Exactly. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. Your Commodore so. 64 didn't light up. But so, Russ, you're you're telling me that I should have expected this because MCs are just not inherently. This is not surprising coming from an MC. 
because it's just not that funny. Yeah, MCs, it's just like you want to be in the comedy world, but you're not cutting it. The next step, once you're done being an MC, once you get sick of that, is you start producing your own comedy shows that you're not yourself involved in. And, you know, God <laughs> bless these people track. to do that, because they're very necessary to have around. I'm now seeking an underwriter. Please call. <laughs> One eight hundred. If you yourself are not <laughs> as funny as us, please, please produce more people who, <laughs> whose comedy careers didn't meet their expectations, and then they spend the rest of their life promoting and helping other young comics. And oh it's no! It's great. It's like you know those who can't do teach. Hey. <laughs> Player left. I'm just kidding. It's like that adage, but different in a way that is not meaningful. In a way that's not meaningful, right? That's exactly. They all English professors at St. John's. That's right. But means right? it for everyone else. Uh, but in other, other case, it's like the Supreme Court. They're not my We're going to rule on this, but this is not a precedent for anything other than this. Only you know, this. There's no it's impact like on I had a else. shop teacher in seventh grade. I told you about this guy who was like a failed AAA ball player in the Mets organization. And like usually those guys become gym teachers because that's like the perfect job for failing at professional sports is being a gym teacher or an athletic director at a college or something like that. But right. he was so, a bench player absolutely. with the Mets, literally, in that he constructed benches, so he went a different route. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah, he was a carpenter for the New York Mets That's what I'm saying. He was and, a, he was a, that's how he failed. He was one yeah. of the most talented in the, <laughs> in the bunch. Right. You're going to be riding the pond he, forever, he son, unless you can nail that straight. In Tidewater. Yeah. yeah. He could never get out of Tidewater. Yeah. The benches kept collapsing if they were... Steroids the team, known as the, uh, the Tidewater Jesuses. They were the, uh, <laughs> the auxiliary to the Mets farm team. They just built the, uh, the wooden paraphernalia. Right. And right. How many other them. famous carpenters are there? The Vilas against the Jesuses. That's about it. That's all you got. Those are the two most famous there you carpenters. Go. Those are the two most famous carpenters ever. <laughs> can you imagine, by the way, if you're living back in that time period, can you imagine after everything happened and you realized, wow, my house was built by the what? Savior of Bob Mankind? Vilas? That's pretty impressive. No, I was thinking of Jesus actually. Like what, that oh, that house okay. would have some serious what if resale Bob value. Vila were the savior of mankind. He just didn't re- Is it Hi. one of Bob Vila? <laughs> and he moved to Sears. I'm Bob Vila. I'd like to save mankind and sell you this dishwasher. If you get something right now from Craftsman, exactly. we'll give you yeah. Well, do you know that he got kicked off of yeah. public television, Bob Vila, precisely because he dared to get money from Sears? And they were like, this is not the attitude oh, we yeah, want. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, that it was, was a big, big thing. That was a big scandal because yeah. he went commercial. It was terrible. Right. He sold out. You guys he sold out like the whole world for a couple of Sears dollars. He yeah. sold out public television. Where like the lamb's blood would signify where the, the plague would pass over and, you know, the doors where the lamb's blood was wouldn't right. go to. Right. Well, for the sure. coming Armageddon. If you have Bob Vila aluminum siding, then you're spared the wrath of the, uh, <laughs> the rapture. There you go. Absolutely. Everyone's going to be done unless you've watched this old house, the old versions, yeah. you know, the it's old little episodes. Back it's like the, the last two lines of your warranty. If you have it at home in your, you know, kitchen cabinet there, you can read it about the rapture. But otherwise, nobody would really know about it. Avoid the second coming. <laughs> Bob Vila is like the sneaky messiah. He doesn't tell anyone about it because, you know, he got all this flack when he was Jesus in his past life. And so now he's like, I'm just going to concentrate on the carpentry thing. And maybe I'll end up yeah. saving people, but it's not really my but focus. But incidentally, what rough so beast really hour comes around at last? And slouches you know, towards Bethlehem like to build shacks. 60. Yeah. He's made it a lot longer this time. So, that's true. You know, it's working out for he him. He keeps getting you know, these messages, really though, knows from God. Like what these Bob Vila did messages. between the ages of 13 and 30. That's it's true. Just sort of lost. Nobody really knows. 
I mean, people think he, make, he made a pilgrimage to other construction centers. Uh, he helped true. to found Home go. Depot during that time. <laughs> and he secretly laid the foundations for the uh, myriad, very successful home improvement shows that have now littered. Uh, he the laid the foundations. Aren't you cute? He did. That's what wow. it's all about. It's true. Yeah, it's the, sweet. the co-star of that show, um, who later became my most despised host of Family Feud in the history of my life, out of the five that I know of. Wait, a Bob Vila show? A yeah, Home Improvement, you mean? <laughs> no, no. He, I mean, he was on Home Improvement. Remember, he was the straight yes, I remember, co-star yeah. to Tim Allen. Yeah. Because you need a very, very straight, non-funny guy to make Tim Allen look funny. He's like an MC. So, right. That's what you're saying. You need an MC. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he was like a super like an MC. association. He was the all-time greatest MC ever because he made Tim Allen look good. Yeah. So then he, for some reason, they made him the host of Family Feud, which was the worst decision anyone's ever made ever, approximately, in the history of television. And so he was just, he never, it wasn't like he was holding anything back, like he really was not ever funny, nor did he have anything resembling a sense of humor. And so he would basically just repeat people's answers that they would give. They'd be like, you know, top 10 answers on the board. What is the most popular vegetable in your refrigerator? Somebody's like, carrots. He's like, carrots. They're good for you. Show me carrots. <laughs> and that's all he had. It was terrible. And, but, but he was on is, Home he was Improvement. Cast for Home Improvement. Not on Bob Vila. Because he looks exactly like Bob Vila. He has oh, the Bob Vila beard. Oh, like I see. He was yeah. the Bob Vila of the I show. For, like the fact, more qualified this carpenter session, guy. There was a moment where I was like, was that Bob Vila? Maybe it was Bob Vila. That was sort of what was going on in the back of my so mind. Wait, so I while Bob Vila like, was like, sure. okay, I'm tired of carpentry alone. Before I save mankind, I'm going to show up with Tim Allen and play the straight man for no particular reason. Yeah. I just figured I'd do and that. The casting director yeah. for that show was like, we need two things. Guy that looks like Bob Vila, guy that has no sense of humor. And so he was perfect. He was born for that role. So, there and then... I think uh, the guy who played Peterman in Seinfeld replaced him as the Family Feud host oh, really? and is much more qualified. Mm. Well, we Anyone were, is really, but I've talked about several times with my friends about what would happen if Jesus came back and before he does all the salvation of mankind stuff, and he takes Family some, Feud? Well, not just that. He takes some time out to do other things. <laughs> like, Family Feud's a good example. I mean, but like, you know, and we used to talk about the idea of Christ coming back and just being like, all right, I'm going to take this college football, let's say, we're going to take this college basketball team, you know, San Quentin State. And uh, we're going to make San Quentin State the greatest team ever. <laughs> and we were thinking about what it would be like, you know, on a, on a daily basis guarding guarding Christ, who would clearly put up, you know, he would be like basically 90% from three. And the Wasn't time he would miss would just be like, well, where Christ comes back as a Christ? basketball player? No, it was guarding Tess. Christ Sorry. for three! <laughs> Got it! That would be awesome familiar. if he really did it. <laughs> oh, man. Then, then when they were like, like you want to get glory? Did Shirley really have played Jesus? Because that doesn't seem like it would have worked. No, I don't no. think so. It would certainly be quirky. That would be great. Would Jesus' powers of miracle working really apply to a basketball? Maybe. Dude, I, I was going to that was my next so. question. Can you imagine the post-game like, interview? I mean, of course done. it was. The post-game interview is like, I'd like to give all glory to myself Um, for myself yeah. you know really now, is all about me water polo i think water polo would be his sport really because <laughs> oh, that's absolutely. where the no question that would be no contest <laughs> yeah no question they would at all. he would just walk him. on the top they would have get the ball the Olympics would nobody could get clearly him. not allow him there yeah and he that could totally spike it from above the water level into the water he would never I don't get know. tired i picture christ on the court 
Christ in the basketball court wouldn't necessarily just be shooting three-pointers. I think he would just make the other team lose interest in playing. They'd be like, you know, this really isn't all that important. I mean, there's so much of a larger world out there. He's you not know? a Jedi. The perspective. He's Jesus. No, no, no. He's not that. He's a, he, a, he'd just be very different. rational. It's not Jedi. He'd just be very rational. He'd just be like, look, here's the deal, you know. Um, there's a larger the world. This is game you were looking for. <laughs> Clea has a friend who does a whole Jedi Jesus routine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but no, that's not what I meant. Be better, like, I mean, he'd just he'd be, be rational. He'd be a basketball trainer. He would just heal people when they go. came to the bench with injuries. <laughs> motivational, I mean, yeah. That's really like, more oh my God, I can't do this. Yeah. Sorry, motivational, because that's what trainers would do. Come on, walk off that broken leg. Well, you can do it. You can do it. Come on. Here's some icy yeah. hot. You feel you know, fine. I'm just saying. Don't think about the game. Think about the next life. There you go. Team buffets would never yeah, be the same. Takes know. one loaf, makes into a lot of loaves, save tons of money. You know, be no problem They're for like, that. What happened go. to my fettuccine Alfredo? He's like, have some more bread. I don't want more bread, Jesus. <laughs> All we ever eat is fish and bread and wine. We this got is not carbo- We're not allowed man. to have wine. Carbo load. Every day. Carbo load. <laughs> oh, this man. Is what we do. All right? All right? You can't eat another goddamn fish sandwich. <laughs> no more what fish sandwiches. Just wash it down with wine. Everything else is unclean. I don't know, though. I can't imagine Jesus not having a sense of humor. I would think he would have a sense of humor. I think he'd be like, you know, Why? he's seen a lot of, I don't know, he's seen a lot of crazy things in the world. I think he'd sort of be like, you know, humans are some weird I creatures. Think, I mean, to be fair, like, he seemed like a pretty cool guy, but not having a sense of humor at all. He just seemed like a very, very tragic yeah. figure. Well, and nobody came up and asked him anything. Figure. Well, nobody came up and asked him those things. I mean, he wasn't, like, making the kids cry. Look, do you think when he said, suffer the children to come unto me, and they ran up to him, he's just like, now, children, everyone is going to die, even me. Like, that was how they impressed him? I mean, he had to have nice, relaxed, laid-back, you know, shadow puppets and origami cranes and stuff. I mean, you know, balloon animals. He could do some stuff for them. I'm sure he had (laughs) Balloon animals. In all likelihood. (laughs) (laughs) That was the last revision right before the Bible went to press. Take out the shadow puppets. It makes it seem frivolous. So you think he just depressed the kids? Take out the fart joke. The kids showed up and he just depressed them? What does that even mean? You can't even have a collection of shadow puppets. It's not an actual tangible object. No, he doesn't. He's like, show them, you know? It's like your hands doing things in front of a light. (laughs) If anybody has a collection of shadow puppets, Jesus has a collection of shadow puppets, okay? I'm not going to put it past him. What the hell is a shadow puppet, man? (laughs) (laughs) It's not a thing. <laughs> That's how yeah, he got the Richard's cradle too. All right, just deal with it. Right, because yeah. well, otherwise, no, like, know. what do you think, right? He just depressed the kids. Like they came up to him and he's like, "Kids, blah." Like, how did he make them feel better about themselves? By healing them. No, they weren't kid. all just, sick. Yeah, yeah some no, of the kids healed. were like, you know, were hi lepers. Jesus. I mean, they weren't all sick. They weren't it's all a, lepers. a poor kid with leukemia, and he not heals them, and the kid, you know, has much more vitality and goes and runs and is happy. Look, not every kid living in Jerusalem, not every kid living in Jerusalem was fallen over dead, okay? Some of them were healthy. What about them? Yeah, so they didn't need to interact with Jesus. No, he, they came up to him, remember? Level, and he was like, no, let him come all to me. Which had to do with humor, yeah. either. Yeah. He said he didn't want to hang out with the people who weren't the sinners, though, because the sinners were where his time was needed. Well, I mean... There you go. Maybe they, they stole someone's they marbles. The kids stole some marbles, there and so he go. taught them a parable by beating so them with marbles. To them. Or something. Right. Talk, yeah, oh, to be parable. fair, exactly. if you look at the Parables world of stand-up not- comics, that's pretty much the descendants of the sinners from biblical times. It's pretty much the same crowd. Really? So, like, so he would be seekers, an MC. What we concluded yeah. is Jesus Maybe he was. would be wow. an MC. I'm no, not calling Jesus an MC. A little humorless. You a guys, little humorless, but wants to hang out with all the comedians. You guys may have abandoned right? all Am the leads, right? but just in case, I'm not going to condemn Jesus to, to MC world. And get through to the influential voices. <laughs> and, and get through to the influential voices to the culture of the day. 
Yeah. So you're saying I, he was I'm God's MC, which I think would be true. He's there definitely you go. God's sure. MC. And now a few words from God. Now stick around. This will be good. I promise. Don't get up. <laughs> exactly. I know. No, I know. This will be great. You okay. did like the rope. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait Russ. The one about the prodigal son. Russ. The Ten huh? Commandments. Huh? Russ, to go. be fair. He's going to come back. <laughs> the last time God spoke, we had, if you're to believe the biblical version, the creation of, I would say the creation of the world. That would be pretty compelling without the use of an MC. I don't think I need an MC what around to be like, wait a minute. Bush, man? Hang around. You know? Because here we go. And animals. I think when animals. like Joan of Arc. Yeah, well, he spoke a lot of times. Every time he speaks, it's impressive. Robertson, like five times, and well, like Geppetto like and Pinocchio or something. <laughs> Maybe what? <not>. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there Absolutely. a part where Geppetto. he talks form of Geppetto, a and then yeah. they're in a whale, yeah. and that's like similar to a this. Bible story? He did not become Jiminy Cricket. There you like, go. When did he become Jiminy Cricket? Oh no, that was the Blue Fairy. But that was kind of like God. What? It's all the same idea, man. It's like an allegory for God. Oh my God. It's like. Literally. The guy from Tool Time yes. is an allegory to Bob Dylan. Exactly, Greg. You know what? This exactly. is exactly like dun- uh, this is exactly like Dungeons and Dra- Dragons religion, and I'll tell you why. Dungeons and Dragons is famous for combining all religions into some vast, absurd mess where, like, Thor from Nordic mythology hangs out with, like, Hindi gods and, you know, those gods like to spend time with Buddha on, you know, the weekends. And, I mean, like, there's, there's no rhyme or reason to any of it. That's what it sounds Everybody like. Everybody likes Buddha on the weekends. Well, you yeah. Know. Um, <laughs> okay. Smoke the beer. Exactly. Oh, cute. That's, yeah. But no, that's, that's what you're constructing, Russ. Russ, have some boundaries to your religion, please. You know. The other Marvel comic heroes. No, I, this Probably actually reminds God. me. You'll forgive me for this, Greg, but this reminds me of a lot of not every, but a lot of English classes that I took, where we would read like every book, and people would be. I had sophomore year in English in high school. Yeah. I had this professor who was just like. You know, spot the Christ figure. It was like it was like Family Feud to <laughs> yeah. spot the Christ figure. It's spot like the name Christ. the top ten Christ figures in this book. <laughs> Show me Tom Jode. Tom Jode, third answer. And I'm like, there are no Christ figures in this journalistic, literal, non-allegorical Grapes of Wrath garbage. Please, please do not bore me with your Christ That's figure funny. nonsense. Please. Yeah. And he's like, no, they're Christ figures. And every time, and like, you know, it took us about a semester to figure out the pattern. Like the first time I was like, well, I guess Gatsby is kind of sacrificial, but. Great Gatsby is really a Christ figure? Jesus. I don't really you know. See Jesus, Jesus lived in a wealthy, empty mansion. Like that. Jesus and, saw a blinking light um, across the sea in the desert. And liking the <laughs> look, there it is. Pathological light. But, you know, I guess if you kind of squeeze oh. it, you know, but by the end of it, it's just like. Really? Huck Finn? Really? The problem is that all... down to to glory? The problem there is that academia creates this where they have... And this isn't just for Christ figures. They do the same thing. Queer theory does this as well, where they find homoeroticism in every book that's ever existed. So if you have two friends that are hanging out, they're just sort of like, ah, two friends, two male friends, two homosexual friends. And you're like, wait, always? Guaranteed? Yeah, exactly. It's just like... And and Frodo. Locked off. Locked off. Yeah, two guys. That's it. I mean, one's an alien, but still. Yeah, there you go. Homoerotic, you know. And it's true. And academia, you know what it is? I think all academics are frustrated Easter egg hunt people. You know the ones who, like, never found the eggs at an Easter egg hunt? Like, uh, you know, you won't you won't be able to go along with us on this ride, Russ. But story will remember. So there are these Easter eggs. What the hell are you talking about? All the eggs were always for me. (laughs) I went on the egg hunt, and it was always for me. It was always for you. Uh, No, but like, there's no one to beat. Extra Easter bunnies to leave eggs under. There you go. I found another one! I win! I win! 
Thanks. I'm so good at everything. <laughs> uh, it's true. Oh, they just found the basket. You know, Russ, you're an only child, too. What are you even talking about? Just because you didn't have I know, Easter. I just don't have any <laughs> Easter Bunny-related stories. Right, right exactly. You. So you can make fun of me being an only child. Well, but child. that's the thing. There was always no, the cool. one kid who couldn't, like, the same thing if you want to use, like, hide-and-seek or any of the games you played when you were a kid. There's one kid who couldn't find anybody. I mean, some were better than oh, others, yeah. but you could always no, have one who... my imaginary friend. <laughs> okay, I uh, see. <laughs> so you never pl- you never man. played with anybody, story? <laughs> never friends? friends? Anybody? Exactly. Only imaginary Made ones? Me feel better about myself. Exactly. There you go. They no. Sorry, oh, go, go If they talk to you, it's legit. You lost again. I was standing <laughs> I in broad daylight. <laughs> look at me. You win. Oh, I see. Dear. I see. Oh, you can't. Well, do maybe it. you guys didn't. I right, knew a couple. I knew a couple of kids like this. It was always good because it made me feel better by default. Because I was okay at finding people in hide and seek, at, because in large part there were people who were awful at it. Then there were some people who were great at it. But the people who were awful at it, those are the frustrated people who end up being academics because they are always trying to find the equivalent of Easter eggs. I'm not making this up. I really think this is true. They're always looking. They're searching for okay. the next, you know, hidden thing in a I book mean, you know or better than in a do. song and stuff like that. Right. I think a lot of academics do that, sure. I don't. I mean, remember, I was told well, by my dissertation committee that I was writing too clearly. So what do, what do I know? I <laughs> but for the people who don't write that part way... Part of this is a much more generalized thing that is broader than academics, which is that people want to do something transcendent. You know, they don't just want to be an average schmuck. They want to say, I'm the guy who figured this out. I'm the guy who did this the first time. Sure, sure. I ran the four-minute mile. And so, you know... They make some lame attempts at pretend, in, especially in academia. I think it's much easier to make lame attempts at being transcendent with wordplay. You know, in real life, it's a little harder to be like, "I jumped over that building." Really? Yes. Can you do it again? Well, why would I? I already did it. Yeah. I mean, I'm the first guy to do it. <laughs> See, I so, think I think that's true. Academic journal. I think that's true. I think part of it is that we in society put way too much emphasis. And I mean, obviously, we all love creativity and creation, but I think we put so much emphasis on that, we don't put any emphasis on synthesis. Like, putting theories together, we're like, yeah, whatever, you just put theories together. But if you put it together in a well, way that nobody ever has... The Met report. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know uh, what I mean, though? Seriously, like, a lot uh, of people are just like, you need to come up with something no, different. I don't. All, all I don't follow you. The yeah. whole synthesis thing is way over my the head. way over your head, I know, I know. I can't... Uh, I understand. I don't get it. No, obviously, I'm preaching to the choir here. We know all about synthesis. But don't you think in society, people don't really take people who who are synthesizers, seriously. They always look for the people who create who something new. Who is a synthesizer, yeah. though? I mean, who out there is synthesizing? They just walk Other up than, to you and they're like, you know, oh, <laughs> Not that <laughs> kind of synthesizer. <laughs> we made the same joke <laughs> in two different ways. <laughs> wow. Oh, that was awesome. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> that was great. Okay. Yes. So. <laughs> Back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no but i mean like people are, are synthesized you know people who are synthesizer people people just don't respect those people i mean they tend to look for the ones who are creating stuff out of thin air as they understand but it who, even if that's Greg, not true i need one example other than an 80s band of a synthesizer seriously of a famous I don't synthesizer think trying oh no that's not true you, you, know. Know, I mean, you know in the in the 20th century in someone, the t- a more recently, more recently. Oh, in the 20th century. I, well, okay, you have to give me a second to think about it. Uh, Yamaha. I mean, I can give you a classic. I can give you one example while I'm thinking right off the bat in the 19th century. Am I allowed to go to the 19th century for for a second? Well, uh, you no. can, but I think Never. it only proves the point oh. more. Well, no, no. Sure. I'll find a 20th. I'll find 20th century people too. Uh, in classical music, Johann, Johannes Brahms was considered to be a synthesizer. A lot of people criticized him because they said he didn't write his own stuff. He just took oh, the best of Bach you know and 
Beethoven and others and sort of combined it, and the point is that okay. was part of what made him good. You know, do you know who my favorite 20th century synthesizer was, in all seriousness? What's that? Alan Watts. Alan oh, Watts. Oh, sure, there you go. Created. There you go, sure. Why did that Very little on his own. There you go. His, his main purpose was to bring Eastern philosophy to a Western audience and to synthesize the ideas of the Catholic Church and Eastern philosophy and allow people to understand. That's a good one. Oh, I've got one. Up I got another one, one too. One sorry. From the modern era. All right, go ahead. Fat boy Slim. <laughs> 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 he synthesized fat and slim. Nothing original. That's true. You can roll with that. You can roll with Actually, all hip hop is synthesized even, in that way. Even brought Christopher Walken. No, I have a serious one. I have a serious okay. one, actually. Another Western thing that choice. I've never that's, seen. That's a total synthesizer philosophy. There you go. If you can take any of these weapons and then use them in a productive way when you combine them with other right. things. Leonard, um, Casio. Leonard Bernstein is another example who did West Side Story. <laughs> where, he, where he synthesized classical music and put it together with jazz elements. Didn't he have elements. a lot of original stuff? Though? He did, but, but the, absolutely. He did a lot, he did of, a lot original of original stuff, but stuff. the music that people really remember him for were things like West Side Story, mm-hmm. where he took jazz and rock, a little bit of rock, and classical music and combined it together into this musical form. Like People before that didn't really oh. think you could have have a Broadway musical that was serious music. They thought it was all like, hello, my baby, hello, my honey, you know, all that kind of old style stuff. And they didn't think there was anything right. edgy you could do in musicals. So he was a synthesizer. Plus, sung by a frog, so that's weird. <laughs> the later but. version, Russ, was done of a frog. <laughs> <laughs> the original's an old-time song. <laughs> that's the WP no, frog. frog totally made no, the frog did not make the up the song. No, no. As and Jimmy Cricket in the God. <laughs> Well, oh, but anyway, yeah. I just thought of four yeah. more synthesizers for you. Ready? Okay. The last four winners of American Idol, who synthesized classical songs and pop, pop yeah, music but see, now, with crappy but corporate no, TV but see, and reality just, and stupid shit. I think there's a difference between they synthesizers. All the respect they deserve. No, because I think there's a difference between they, imitators they and synthesizers, though. Popular music the, with crappy, empty, no, it's, corporate nonsense. But that's the problem, is that they're not really synthesized. First of all, it's they not them doing it, it anyway. Other people are synthesizing and telling them to sing it. That's the first thing. And the second thing is it's not even or synthesis. Any major corporation, you know, with their which synthesizes... Other businesses that they bought out and bankrupted with new businesses that <laughs> oh, they bought out and true. increased production. The whole merger world. Merger world oh, synthesis, is definitely. Man. Yeah. yeah, part of synthesis. Dude, there have been there negative synthesizers. And worse than mergers and acquisitions. They're, they just synthesize. Yeah. There have been That's negative synthesizers, too, though, you know. Mergers and acquisitions. There have been synthesizers who've caused great damage in the world. One of the greatest examples are the ones who tried to use Darwin's theories for social progress, social Darwinists. That was a terrible synthesis because it had, you know, Darwin said that one could not be applied to the other. That's how you ended up with all these, you know, the poor people being considered to be poor because they I hadn't like evolved properly. And, yeah, of course you do. Yeah, because then, <laughs> then you're just like, bums haven't evolved properly, so it's okay if they die. <laughs> there you go. Bad <laughs> synthesis. Bad it's synthesis. Like naturalistic <laughs> fallacy on overdrive. <laughs> like the naturalistic fallacy on PCP. Exactly, there you go. Just like, yeah, sure, I exactly. will lift any incongruity or injustice yeah. with my hands, with my bare hands. <laughs> with my hands. Oh, these you. homeless people that genetically developed the ability to have disdain for their fellow human beings, then they could be better <laughs> exactly. businessmen, and they wouldn't be homeless. Yeah, exactly. It's just really a defect There you go. Exactly. that makes them homeless. I mean, and also, so I really think that synthesizers play an important role in our society more than is traditionally given credit. I mean, if Russ, not last show, I don't know what people will be remembering it. I don't know what show this will be, but to some show in the past, when you've heard this show, Russ was talking about synthesis, you know, talking about the PPP theory, you know, about the idea that the farther you... I meant to... 
hold that thought. Sure. I need to say something. Sure, go about ahead. That later. After, go oh, ahead. okay. Well, I was just going to sure. say, no, no. laxative when we talk. Yeah, about the farther the, the farther you keep your me. poo from you. For those of you who missed the show, the farther <laughs> exactly. you keep yes. your poo from you, goes Russ's yeah. theory. The more civilized a society yeah. you are, and so that's really synthesizing a lot of ideas together. It's synthesizing our understanding of waste and what we do with it, with our advancement as a society. And Russ is responsible for putting together these theories into something completely ridiculous. So I think that you know there's, the there's a lot of synthesis premise. going on there. Yeah, the poo proximity premise, the PPP. It's good because it's true. And there the are no purpose holes in that of it, theory. since I wasn't on the show originally, the purpose of it is again, as I, I sort of put this in the labels because I was baffled as I was listening to this show. The premise is toilets represent the advancement of technology, right? That you'll have that to ask Russ about this. I mean, toilets, it's. It's more you like if, you want, if you're a future civilization and you want an indicator looking into the past when you're looking at current modern civilizations of how advanced the civilization was, look to the plumbing. The plumbing will tell you a lot about the advancement level of the civilization. Right. But as it applies to our civilization, it's really just saying it was a real advancement when we invented toilets that was more <laughs> advanced than not having toilets. Right. I mean, that's that's sort of what I got out of it. Not to, you know, take no, the wind out of anybody's No, it's not just that toilets bail. are cool. It's that toilets are a fundamental criteria of an advanced civilization. It's not like toilets are on par right. with desks. Because desks, <laughs> okay. I mean, we had similar desks in the 1880s. As my answering machine goes off, because people like to call <laughs> you me now. You read Russ's phone. Again. God damn it! <laughs> Don't leave a message! <laughs> anyway. Anyway, <laughs> yes. Desks. <laughs> Their yeah. desks are very similar from 200 years ago to what they are now, even though they're critical in a lot of the work that we do. So I don't, they're not critical to determining the level of you know sophistication right. in a society. I Toilets okay. and plumbing practices are much more closely tied with civilization advancement. Okay. Because all these other areas, right? You have it's, the industrial It's not fair enough, sorry. It's not fair enough at all. Come on here. <laughs> the space race. They don't all share one criteria. They're all different things that shot up at different times. But the only thing that's tied us together and has consistently gotten better over time has been waste management. Um, Boom. The only thing. The, my thesis. the only thing. It's your thesis. One of the only Certainly things. Not. Your sure thesis. The ability like to communicate with people over I'm sure agriculture is about possibly stagnant. agriculture's in there somewhere. Possibly. <laughs> in 1812, we had a battle fought a month after a treaty was signed to end that war that was one of the bloodiest in the war because nobody had gotten around to telling them yet because of the Postal Service being delayed. Yeah, now we have the internet. Maybe communication. It's about the same. About yeah. the same. In a hundred and, you know, 200 years. Less than 200 years. But what about, years. The, about the famous the indigenous mime civilizations of southwestern Central America? You see, they never well, spoke at all but had very advanced mathematics and, you know, other... Parts that, when we dig them spoke. up and discover that, <laughs> then you can bring but this theory to back. <laughs> they didn't have to speak, but they had to poo. I, I, <laughs> there you go. I just, I don't. <laughs> But wait a minute, though. I, I thought about this the other day, Russ. There is a problem with your with your PPP theory, okay? And that is that no, there's no problem. Everybody knows. <laughs> everybody knows who's that ever would be had a, a PPP. dog. Every, and we can't have that. Yeah, right. Everybody Quasi. knows whoever has it, who's ever Quasi. had a dog. When you first go through house oh, training dogs, kind piece. What, you lose. Yeah. <laughs> when yes. you go through house training a dog, one of the things you learn immediately is that if you have trouble with training the dog Dogs house training, you can put the dog in a crate. 
And as the dog, the dog will not soil its crate. It's like a den. The dog will not soil its den. The reason it won't soil its den is not because it, you know, likes living, doesn't like living in filth. It's because that could attract predators to the cave. Humans similarly didn't uh-huh. want to poo in the place where they slept because it would also attract people. So they would leave their cave, leave their place, and go elsewhere to poo so as to distract predators to where the poo had been left. Uh-huh. So. This was happening yeah. for a long time. Like, it's not like they just started now to figure out, wait a minute, it's not a good idea to put I'm our waste sure. right next to us. We didn't just us. invent how to poo down. No, Greg, similarly. No, no, it's the management of it. needed to eat. So instead of gnawing on the bark of a tree, eventually they developed a system where they would, No, you I'm know, saying even the cavemen from a tree, would poo outside their cave. nuts and berries. Even the cavemen, cavemen pooed outside the cave. nuts and berries to eat. Yeah, but and then eventually that became a more sophisticated process as civilization advanced. I, why is this sounding like the History Channel? In the ancient days, <laughs> like they, cavemen would gradually poo farther we from their cave. We need video with it. Yeah, I know. We need really lively actors, rejected MCs who are going around in caveman suits. I would argue a, that anyone who is training the deal with and poo. living in animal poo have failed at the game of social Darwinism and should be killed. I suppose because so. Because they are not adapted enough to be far away from poop. The game of social Darwinism, uh, huh? It is a game, isn't it? There you go. I see. But what about when technology comes full circle and you have people who are so addicted to RPGs that they have to poo where they are because they can't get up to go to the bathroom to take any time well, or I break think off? Making a South Park reference. Then they are well, technologically actually, advanced to a degree the, such that it comes full circle. Like the Matrix. Well, the next two levels that I see, I mean, first of all, I think that we'll have some some really obscenely over-complicated way to, like, vaporize poo. I think that's the next stage. But sure. I think the two final stages of the PPP will be essentially first when we develop food supplements that prevent us from having any waste because we just would perfectly right. metabolize everything that we ingest. <laughs> and then after that, when we leave our physical body and become... Because weight problems now. Right, So exactly. not ejecting waste should be no problem. <laughs> And then no, there was we, no way you know, created. Immortal, ethereal beings in the future. We won't have bodies and hence no poo. Will AOL still cover us? Will AOL cover us? I just want to ask, will AOL cover us when we have no bodies? Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm clear about that. Is that still going to be AOL covered? Only if you have the lifetime membership <laughs> okay, guarantee. that's what I thought. Sorry, story. On you go. Exactly. For $10 a month more than everyone else gets. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But it'll be worth it. I actually, I actually think you missed a step. I think there will uh-huh. be, like, machines... At some point that, you know, you have in the home that will, I think your vaporization was closer to the reality, that will, like, grind it up into nothingness or grind it up into something productive that you can put in your cereal or something. Like soil and green. I think there will be. Like, if you have some sort of additive, <laughs> you know, it mixes soil with an additive and, and it, like, does it right there. Soil of feces! <laughs> exactly. made of Something feces. like that. <laughs> yeah. So that step will be there sometime. And then when Charlton Heston reveals mm-hmm. that, then that will be less popular and we'll have to go to perfect metabolism, like you say. I see. So Yeah, I think recycling, there could be a crazy, if the greens really take over in the next 50 years, we could have that kind of crazy recycling going on. There you happen. go. After yeah. global warming ransacks the continent, the greens will be like the new neocons and come up with all these crazy new recycling schemes to piss everybody off, even if they don't work. It'll be like the greens. Just because they have all the power. The neo-greens. corrupt. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ralph Nader Damn will it. pick the neo-greens. Our recycling budget is $17 quadrillion a year. Give it a rest. How about education? <laughs> no. All poo must We're become recycling food. People. All food must become food. And there will be statues of Ralph Nader everywhere <laughs> where everyone's just like, yes, I remember Chairman Nader when he told us to eat our own poo. What a great man he was at that time. <laughs> and bike lanes will, like, transverse superhighways and... 
bikes will be powered there by the you sun. Go. Bikes will people have little like half cars riding over on the, on the tops of their heads. Like for no particular reason. <laughs> we don't want you to give you food. You just need energy <laughs> no, yeah, from the yeah. sun. It's all for aesthetic purposes. Yeah, this is but... a fashion statement. Yeah. It's a fashion they look statement. Really hot. That's true. So, wait hot. a minute. There must be a reverse They're corollary hot. to the PPP. Uh, they received the sun. Which nice is, work. the more we nice seem work. like Inspector Gadget, the more advanced our society also becomes. So, when we have the head and the go-go gadget legs and we can, like, you know, we start implanting things what? in our bodies, the more advanced a well, society will be. That- Right? Maybe he had a go-go gadget colostomy bag. We don't really know that. Oh. That wasn't covered in the cartoon. <laughs> no, I'm not combining. See, you're synthesizing eject. my joke with your PPP, and that's not working out right now. That's the problem. Well, you just said PPP and then inspect again. Uh, but it's a reverse it. corollary. I was what talking about the solar panels in people's heads, not oh. the poo theory. Okay. That's all. I mean, yeah, I guess it's possible you could argue there are other Coco indications of technological advance. <laughs> other than no. poo proximity. No, really? Don't, maybe don't maybe at least the one theory, or two. <laughs> Stand by it. Stand firm. Don't give up now. Oh, my god. I don't gosh. know if those are the best oh, indicators. I don't know if they're as accurate as poo, but you can possibly use them as well. Well, perhaps in synthesis right. with poo proximity. It's actually funny, you know, when you go, it's when you go in for a test as a human being <laughs> in, in normal medicine. And I promise we're not going to get in normal medicine, but I wanted to bring this up because it reminded me of the poo thing. You get tests for everything, right? You get tests the for medical moment. I know this, this will be very quick. Course. I promise. Doo-doo-doo. So you just have a bunch of tests, right? You have a bunch of tests of Pfizer. You have a bunch of exactly. We are exactly. really That'd crappy. Be great. And why the hell would we sponsor the Metroport? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Try some Pfizer drugs. Poison your body. Yay, with Pfizer. With Pfizer. So you have a bunch of. Uh, <laughs> it's better than cyanide. You have a bunch of tests. You're gonna die anyway. Might as well go you may with Pfizer. Feel good about your. What a great spot. We love our sponsor. Anyway. So yeah. you have a bunch of tests when you're a human being. They test one thing, they test another thing, they do scopes. When you have a dog, all they test is they're like, okay, what does the stool look like? You know, are they peeing normally? And how do they behave? Like, are they mm-hmm. acting normally? That's it. That's basically it. Then they'll take a temperature. They take temperature, they look at the dog's poo, and they ask uh, you my if... My vet always you know, interviewed the dog. So... <laughs> yes. You didn't have that? Yes. But no, it's so much simpler, you know? All the, all we should be able to tell them is what uh-huh. our stool looks like and, you know, how we're feeling. And that's it. And they don't have to and do any tests. And how far away it is right now. Right, exactly. And is your poo close to you the today? the medical industry would definitely be as profitable as it is now if all you did when you went to the doctor's office was shat in a little tray well, no. and then bring it into the but doctor. But the waste management industry would be hugely <laughs> profitable. The waste management industry would be all over well, that well, shit. there you go. Literally all and over that shit. the power in our society. The who relative goes to, who goes to graduate school of garbage for six years versus doctor waste that's right. management. That's right. Yeah, come on. Waste man. management doctorate. A WMD. Different kind there of weapon go. of mass destruction. This right. is you know oh my God. WMD. WMD. Where is the WMD? Where is the waste oh, management no. doctorate? I think it'd be great. You know, you'd be an expert in like and porcelain all the and waste management schools would clearly be in New Jersey. That would right, be like the right, new right. Massachusetts right. and the new or the uh, exactly. or England nuclear waste facilities of the Southwest. They would also know something about a different kind of waste management, you know, like Yucca mm-hmm. Mountain, whatever that's called. Yes, if doctors were garbage men go. and garbage men were doctors, the we area would poo in a ditch school of and laugh management. at doctors. Exactly. Everyone would want to go out with a garbage man. All the TV yet, shows would be about garbage men instead of uh, ER rooms. Also, and yet, other than the experience of visiting the doctor, things probably wouldn't be that different. We probably have about the same recovery rate, same success rate, and, uh, you know, we just adjust accordingly. 
Well, probably be about. Can you imagine a world in which waste management would be so much more efficient than it is now? I'm just trying to think of what that would be. Like if they had the same resources that doctors do. Oh, I have the greatest segue ever for inefficient waste management. (laughs) Okay. Because this is my favorite news story of the day. I love this story so much. It made me so happy when I read it in a sort of weird macabre way, but that's fine. The story is. Radio show Who pulled died? after woman's water drinking death. Oh, a radio you're going to talk about you this. this. I spent all weekend talking about this. The, what? The, you you really? don't you, don't hold your Wii for a Wii contest. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was Basically, all about the story. Okay. This radio station called KND FM. But preach it. They yeah. had a morning Which rave is show. A German, where they wasn't said, that a German like metal band a couple years ago? Wasn't that what they were? KND. German Wasn't metal. It? Oh, nobody, nobody gets this reference. It was like KMFDM hold your wee for a wee. Anyway, so anyway, go on, yes. Russ. I'm, I'm, Whoever I'm being could a drink, they had a they had a contest at the radio station. Whoever could drink the most water without going to the bathroom would win a Nintendo Wii. And those, so right. these geniuses set up a contest. And this poor woman who really, really wanted a Nintendo Wii drank about eight. I don't know why it's liters. Like, why that? It's from California. It happened in Sacramento, but somehow it's in liters. Okay, whatever. Because they're she horrified drank. by how many gallons it is. If you know how many gallons it is, you will explode. So, you just can't even... If it's in liters, it's at least obscure, and the liability is reduced. It's like, so oh, this, liters. This well, that woman. could have been a cop. I don't know. Yeah. Jennifer Strange. That's her name. Jennifer yeah, Strange. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at the article right Strangely now. Strangely drank eight liters of water and died of overhydration, which... You can die from because water, your cells liquefy. Water poisoning. Because yeah. Extremely because rare, it says. Toxication. It's extremely rare. Everything is toxic. It is. Stop trying to ban things because they're dangerous. No, everything is toxic when you dangerous. drink six trillion tons of it. I mean, like... Yes, exactly. Well, okay. At, in other words, That's at certain point. doses, everything is toxic. Everything. Salt is toxic. Caffeine At certain toxic. doses. Everything that you ingest on a daily basis. Vitamin C. If you had... 100 grams of vitamin C every day, you would get sick and you would die. That's the point. Stop trying to ban substances. Go, oh, they're dangerous. Everything's dangerous unless you do it in moderation, in which case you'll be fine in moderation. A little PCP is probably not going to kill you. Certainly not as easily as eight liters of water. <laughs> he said, Russ is like, you, oh, I a little, He's like a little PCP is fine <laughs> no, when you exactly. compare it to 150 gallons of water drunk in 10 minutes. Thank you. <laughs> Exactly. My name is Strawman. Exactly. Have we met? <laughs> Not responsible for loss, deal, stolen, or damage. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. I just uh, love. I, I just love. I mean, I want to. Even though they're still alive, I want to give Darwin Awards to these radio hosts who came up with this contest. They were so ignorant. To not know that this would well, be look, they water. Don't have you, can that be look, dangerous? You said, water. you're the one who said oh, they're MCs, Mary, right? It's water. You can drink as much water as you want. All, Mary, they sound like Jimmy Stewart. Mary, come on, Barry. Don't you recognize my water, Barry? Drink some water. Uh, water, Barry. Play Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be on the fun. radio. <laughs> Tremendous. Yeah. Come so listen to the radio, Mary. This woman died from drinking water. What a crazy world we live in. I'm sorry. It's a wonderful life. Saying, <laughs> right until water comes. I'm drinking coffee yeah. from now on, Mary. I mean, water. Yeah. Ru- Russ, you were the one who said that these people. Were, you were the one who said uh, that these people were all like, you know, these these people are MC types, right? I mean, that was basically what you said. I don't yeah. want to make MC DJ the same thing. As DJ might be a little higher qualified. Oh yeah, yeah. What is their MC for all MCs? Oh no, no, no. These these specific people. Oh, these two guys. 
Yeah, well, 10 of them lost their jobs. So, I mean, clearly some of it was a lack of oversight. Like the director of the radio station being like, yes, I will approve your poster for Hold Your Wii for a Wii. What could go wrong? What could happen? How about like but they need ignorant uh, death jockeys or something like that's that? That's a good one. There you go. IDJ. Death jockeys. Ignorant, just, just ignorant death, death jockeys. Plus, and you know okay, how they came up with the idea, death, right? Death jockey, I think it's sufficient. It, that's perfect. You'd have to try them that's, as minors because obviously yeah, they came up with about, this idea and they're like, you know, the Nintendo Wii, that's like Wii. <laughs> Why do we have a contest about whether people could hold their Wii because it's like a Wii? I mean, really, these people should not already yeah. have been. Yep. Yeah. And that contest, that probably happened in like 20 radio boardrooms, but only in one. Was there no process of checking mm-hmm. about I know, they're like, great idea. Where they like, really yeah, everyone's just as dumb as and, everybody else. And done. <laughs> Good idea. I mean, everyone's called roll Initiation ritual, where they try to make people drink a gallon of milk, because you will vomit after drinking a gallon of milk. The difference is, like, they stop at a gallon. They're not like, drink eight gallons, and then when you vomit, drink more until you die. And that, that's where they diverge in this context. Yeah. They're like, no, no, just keep drinking. It's like the saltine cracker thing that you can't try this at home, listeners, right now, wherever you are, on the subway, grab some saltine crackers. You can't eat, I think it's four, the number is important. I think it's four yeah, saltine it's crackers three. in under a minute without any mm-hmm. water. You cannot consume them. You cannot get them down your gullet. And if anyone dies trying right. this, it's not our fault. That's true. Is but that accurate? You can't do it. Uh, that's absolutely true. I mean, I've done it with like 20 people. I I went through a whole phase of testing oh, this with everyone I spoke to. He said right after he gets done talking about the DJs, he's like, but in my case, it was fine. No one was going to die from this idea. What makes you different from the DJ? I'm sure. Well, somebody out there's got like super saliva glands that overexcrete and will allow him to digest the salt beans. But like for normal people, they can't do it. Most people, Greg, the difference is that most people do not die from eating four saltines, whereas at 150 <laughs> gallons of water, How about people 40, start to feel a little saltines. sick. How about 40,000 saltines? And never pee. Yes. <laughs> okay, join the Met Report promotion. <laughs> oh, Eat a bucket of saltines oh, for a guest appearance. If you live through... No. This contest is only a joke of the MEP report. We take no responsibility for any action oh, that are taking God. place. Please send all oh, information to the MEP report. Los Angeles, so California. Terrible. Thank you. Yeah. You know, the funny thing, when we learned about overhydration in, like, chemistry class in junior junior year in high school, the story was that you. this is especially why you don't drink distilled water, is because what was supposed to keep you safe in drinking regular water are the natural impurities and, like, minerals that you find right. in tap water so that they won't allow you to overhydrate, but apparently you can even breach that barrier if you drink eight liters of, of regular water. No doubt. Like, or maybe they were feeding her distilled water. They were just that stupid. Well, I mean, my, that would be but my father-in-law drinks distilled water. He just doesn't drink eight liters of it at a time. I mean, that's, you know... I. Well, but you can drink less. Are like He sure? probably only has to drink... I think it's the, the actual number is two gallons of distilled water will kill you. In how much if time? If you don't combine really? it with other things. In how things. much time? In 30 years. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, you found something! You that yeah. magic number. To, to be fair, like to be fair, oh, all over America. I don't think I'd be able. Deaths yeah. are being blamed on. I was just gonna say. Actually, the fault of To water. be fair, I don't think that distilled water oh, would be able. I don't think I'd be able to last thirty years without imbibing something beyond a gallon of distilled water. That's the problem with this theory. So I need something else to sort of you know work it out with. No, it just builds up. All of that Wouldn't pure great H2O builds up in your system. Right. Were cumulative like that. If you just had, like, a fixed amount of toxins of any given kind, and it would affect you not at all right up until it killed you, just dropped you dead. Cigarettes, drugs of any kind. Of course you'd love it. Yeah, no joke. That'd be tremendous. Well, I mean... That would be really something. You know what this is? This this segues perfectly into what you wrote your comic strip about the other day, which was that retarded death clock 
the Armageddon clock that's like the <laughs> top day clock today, yeah. which I right. hate. It's like, oh, 30 scientists got together and moved their arbitrary clock that used to teach third graders how to tell time, but now represents the apocalypse. What? Two minutes. Whatever. That's not what it Who was. Cares? They didn't do it to t- teach people how to it tell is. time. It is. It's an arbitrary stupid thing that they made up, and like everyone's like, yes, we know the world is a dangerous place. No, but the mm-hmm. Armageddon clock says that we're five minutes from midnight. Yeah. Sorry, I'm really angry. For that, no reason that, at all. Story Dart story story waiting for the punchline. Why are you so story, angry? Russ is like, because like, these scientists why, why who care it... about the world did something which is totally harmless and only gives people some information. Right. And Story and I are like, yes. And they're like, it and they drink water. The point. It's not Too much informative water. at all. It's not informative at all. Do you think it's a scientific it's measurement a to say that now instead of seven minutes from a, a po- the apocalypse, we're now five minutes from the apocalypse Rest. because they can measure Rest. like Iran's nuclear program and how it relates to the amount of time in a day relative Rest. to the amount of time in modern civilization between now and the apocalypse? It's just retarded. Rest. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the voice of God. God. I, I, let me put it this way. <laughs> you have five minutes to live no, it works. on the apocalypse it's clock. Obvi- here's the thing it's obviously symbolic Go on this old if house. you're going to reach 85 yeah. the 85 percent you can't be telling them now here's the following information if people think to themselves my god it's five minutes to midnight oh, they will be god. shocked into action would you rather have that or would you rather have but now like, the following information it's been blah, blah, blah. seven minutes to midnight for like 25 years no. i'm a little desensitized it's not true to it, by it was now. moved so forward like, okay Dude, well, the world was created in seven days Things are moving uh, fast. It was moved forward. <laughs> what I want to know is it never goes back before 11 Wait, o'clock. At this rate, Greg, if my entire life has encompassed two minutes of the Armageddon clock and I have five minutes left to go, that means I can live another, like, 70 years. I don't really no, feel it was that moved badly back about that. Because it was moved back, too. It could go the other way. Oh, it could go the yeah, other way. Well, then like, I really don't have anything to worry about. In 1962, it was it's at 1159. During, during the, the Bay of Pigs. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Oh, the other problem with this clock is that the, the day that, like, peace is declared on Earth and everyone shakes hands and melts down all the weapons and they move the Armageddon clock to, like, noon or however far away from midnight it's supposed to be at noon. the safest time, like, a dinosaur riding an asteroid will impact Earth and kill everyone on the planet. What? That is destined to happen. Backward seed out of strange oh, love. All a Dr. Strange love, right? It'd be pretty yeah, funny if the scientists didn't realize that. T-Rex coming you, in. You go to the... <laughs> <laughs> The rings of Saturn <laughs> are actually you just story first. bunches of, no, they're, they're bunches of, the, alien the rings of Saturn are actually all just ships of alien dinosaurs. The dinosaurs just disappeared. They Looking left. Impatiently they left at their like, watches. Carcasses of oh, come on. Move and it just, forward. Yeah, they're just checking. They're so excited about the doomsday clock now. They're like, yes, not much longer until we can ride Well, in. no, because it has to be going yeah, the other I direction, that would be a good apparently. Sci-fi story. Yeah. Absolutely. My sci-fi would story would be if the asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs somehow caused enough dinosaur DNA to be thrust into the atmosphere that it, like, settled to on recreate other debris it. that flew into outer space to, you know, start a new race of dinosaurs somewhere else. And then they became sentient and they come back to retake the planet. I think that would be a great story. You know, I'm going to anyway, say this is not you, synthesis. This is the creative, the creativity coming to the fore. This has nothing to do. No one has ever come up with that idea. 
We don't synthesize. We, yet. we create. No, here. but I mean, it could be to scare aliens. The Armageddon clock could be like, look, aliens, you don't want this planet because it could end at any moment. And then as soon as it's safe, then the aliens be like, yeah, it's safe. Conquer Earth. Well, it would be funny if the scientists die. are like, yeah. because the Armageddon clock yeah, is new. If you talk to the scientists, you're like, well, actually, if it gets <laughs> to, if it gets to midnight, it actually does create the apocalypse, like physically. You, you know, that's you just like you, you don't want to move yeah, the there. Is the clock is connected to itself. a fusion bomb. That's the part they didn't tell you. Like, okay, you forced the hand. Fine. Go. In, you know, we in the Middle no East. Well, that's one of the things. Click. That, oh, we blew up the my, world. A friend we of mine you. who's in my uh, is in my band who just got his PhD in biochemistry. And now you have to take us seriously. <laughs> exactly. In the afterlife. A friend of mine who has a PhD in biochemistry <laughs> yeah. just got it. Congratulations to him. He was telling me that they have a one of those particle accelerators, and there's only a couple in the world, and they have one of them that's down in Texas. And they said they had a particle oh, accelerator. The accelerator. These are awesome. Yeah, the, by the, the way. accelerator, which is designed to simulate sort of galactic events and things like that. And one of them, and and he said, but they had to shut one of them down. And we were like, and I was like, why? He's like, well, because you know it was stupid. Like there was this partially, there was this infinitesimal chance that you could create a black hole. I was like. Wait, wouldn't that obliterate everything around us? He's like, yeah, but it's such a small yeah, chance. Yes, I'm would. like, okay, I don't think we should create a Russian roulette around. Come on, it might create a black hole, but what's the big deal? What's a little yeah. black hole? There was there was a time about 10 years ago when they were building some of these major particle accelerators in Europe when the protesters were literally like, please don't do this, you will end the world. And the scientists were like, come on, we're not going to end the world. And the president's like, no, really, if you do this, you you're going to create a cataclysmic create the change. Yeah. Action and destroy the world. <laughs> it's like, well, what are the chances? Come on, yeah. we're just going to build what it. We'd learn on the way. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, so somebody we got a hold of you this. You really want to live in a world it. where you don't know the answer to this next question that we're hypothesizing about? Exactly. Really? Haven't you always wanted to <laughs> know what would happen in a black hole? You. Mm, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Plus, like, yeah. seven or eight billion years from now, we'll totally be here again when it, you know, recycles. So that's great. When it recycles, you'll feel just the same way. <laughs> we'll be sitting here going, yeah. "Boy, what an eight billion year stretch that was!" I'll tell you what. And a little bit of dinosaur DNA will get in there. <laughs> and you'll Hello, everyone. Being like, I miss Earth. I'm waiting for midnight. I miss Earth. I'm waiting for Meanwhile, midnight. Meanwhile, we'll be there, stuck there. We'll be That'll like, be all right, everyone, episode 6,155,000 of the <laughs> MEP Report. How's everyone doing out there today? Oh, boy. Hello. What's up? Oh, and speaking of the MEP Report. That's great. More? <gasps> Only you, doomsday people, can prevent this calamity from happening. Or if you're so an please. ironic terrorist That's right. who hooks up your doomsday device to the Armageddon Synthesizing clock. Synthesizing it. And makes it the timer for your yeah, device. For you. And speaking Dude, of synthesis, the next James Bond movie. we want to synthesize all of those things no, together. At the end of the hour, control the end enjoy of everything. Say goodbye, everybody. Players left. The proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron. Or at least not the stupid one of the cars. Please support the MEP Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for MEP link on the MEP Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at mepreport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu glands. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. Tomorrow's just another day.
the day.